know I promised you an episode uh, this week talking about a video game. The truth is I actually just recorded a 40-minute episode where I talked about Assassin's Creed, um, Batman Arkham Origins, basically the whole Batman Arkham series, and my history in playing just games in general. But I discovered to learn that my Bluetooth earbuds with built-in microphone were automatically connected to this piece of shit iPhone. So when I started recording, my Bluetooth earbuds, which were never turned off, thank you siblings, automatically connected and, well, they weren't near me so they didn't pick up my voice the voice that i am speaking into clearly into my phone right now the phone that i had up against me while i was recording for 40 minutes i am beyond upset i am furious the only reason that i'm managing to stay calm is that because it's relatively early and i'm not yet tired My voice may be tired, but I will not stop until I get you people the content that you deserve, because that is what everyone here deserves. You all made a commitment when you chose to listen to my podcast, and I made a commitment when I decided to create one. So, today's episode is brought to you by me and by Red Bull. Red Bull. If you're listening out there and you want to sponsor me, just contact me. Just just send an email through Spotify, through Apple Podcast, through whatever you're listening to this on. Just send an email and we can talk, okay? Great. So, gaming, video games specifically. Um I'm not very good video games i'm gonna try to do like a little bit of what i had already recorded um there's no way that i'll be able to even half capture all of the emotions that i captured in um the lost recording but i'm gonna try uh i'm not gonna talk about the same thing so instead i'm gonna talk to you about different things i will however tell you a quick brief story so I am um, I'm a little kid, and I've got a Nintendo DS. It's an older model. Uh, it's gray, heavy, but in addition to playing Nintendo DS games, there was an empty cartridge slot along the bottom of the Nintendo DS, and it was just wide enough to fit Game Boy cartridges in. I think some of you understand where this is going. I had the ability to play Game Boy games in a Nintendo DS, as well as playing Nintendo DS games on the same console. I had never held such an advanced piece of technology up until my father let me hold his PSP just so he could watch Pulp Fiction on it. 
as I played my Nintendo DS and I played Mario Kart DS or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I was a kid and I was experiencing the time of my life with video games because video games are an escape to so many people. How many people play RPG games for fun? Not that many. More people play it because it's an opportunity to be a character that you could never possibly be in real life. Play The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Play Fallout 4 because you will never have a life like that. You think it's easy to just collect money, get children, you know, have a house, slay monsters. It's not. It's not that easy. I'm working five out of seven days a week for a crummy little paycheck that helps pay bills and for food and for gas. RPG games, video games in general, are an escape. Shortly after I got the Nintendo DS, one of my cousins asked to borrow it and I was very nervous. None of my cousins ever asked to borrow my things or if they do, it's usually very nice things that my parents uh, spent their money on. I didn't want to hand it over, but my parents thought it was rude not to. So I handed it over to my cousin and uh, I left with my parents to go grocery shopping. I got back and all my cousins are standing at the front of my house. And I get there and I see that the cousin that I lent my Nintendo DS to had snapped my Nintendo DS in half, literally in half. It was one of the saddest moments of my life. I could never play a Game Boy game again unless it was through an emulator, which is a story for another time. Um, my parents eventually got me a Nintendo DSi after they saved up enough money and I never spoke about it again, except for right now and a couple of minutes ago when I recorded this earlier, but It was then that I realized that video games are a commodity that shouldn't be shared easily. How many people do you share a gaming experience with? Very few. Unless you play online competitively, or you have someone that you love dearly, or you have a sibling. Playing online is different you could play a first-person shooter game like Call of Duty or a third-person shooter game like Fortnite. Or you could be playing World of Warcraft or World of Tanks or Raid Shadow Legends or some other game that you play online to go up against other people. And you're sharing a bond. You're sharing a commitment to each other and to the game. I don't know. I learned at an early age that video games were a place that you could go into and just lose yourself to the world 
that some genius had created, like Assassin's Creed, like the Batman Arkham games, like Ghost of Tsushima that I've just recently been playing, like The Last of Us, like The Elder Scrolls V, like Fallout 4, like Spider-Man, like so many other games out there that you can just lose yourself in. Minecraft, Terraria. You can just spend hours there. Games that set your teeth on edge. Games that make goosebumps form on your neck like Slender, The Forest, um, Layers of Fear. Games like that. There are so many different types of games. Some stupid games like um, the KFC Dating Simulator. Some funny games like um, The Escapists. And, you know, just some really, really dumb games like Honey Pop. It's not true that people did just put a negative stigma on video games because gamers are generally nerds or antisocial. That's not true. Video games are stories that you can interact with, that you have the ability to control. I just remembered uh, this really, really cool game that I played a while ago. I actually didn't talk about it when I played or in my other in the lost recording. So I'm gonna spend the next like the next amount of time that I have talking about this game. This game is called Detroit Become Human. For those of you who have never heard of this game, Detroit Become Human is a PlayStation exclusive that is set in the near future where a super genius has created an active artificial intelligence android have you ever seen the movie ex machina it was like that he created that but obedient and without the need to ever overcome their programming In the game, you play as three different androids. You don't actually play as a human. You play as three different androids with three different perspectives, three different stories, honestly. The first story, and in my opinion, not the coolest or the flashiest, but definitely one of the most emotional. You play as an android housekeeper. Now, this female this female-esque android is a housekeeper for a drug addict and salesman with a uh, with an only child daughter he has no wife no girlfriend he just does drugs and sells them in front of his little girl and you you play as the new housekeeper and when you find that the household is unsafe for the little girl, you run a- 
away with her and attempt to find a safer home. You become deviant. Now the word deviant is going to pop up as I talk about this game. So let me just go ahead and explain what that means. For an android to become deviant means that they are ignoring all their programming and are thinking for themselves. They are using their artificial intelligence for themselves. So for the android housekeeper to become deviant means that the female housekeeper android who in the game is called Kara Kara becomes deviant and is focused on only keeping this child safe so that is the least interesting and most emotional story secondly you play as Marcus now Marcus is another housekeeper android but is more specifically designed for medical assistance. Now, Marcus uh, assists an elderly artist who is disabled from the waist down. Uh, he's an old man, but he's an artist, so he still gets up and he still paints and he still creates. And Marcus kind of is in this bubble where this old man treats Marcus as an equal he doesn't treat him as a lowly android and that's a theme that you start to notice as you play detroit is that androids are seen as objects and i mean they technically are they are robots with artificial intelligence so that they can obey commands and learn from that and they can learn from your behavior to obey commands without you even having to say them and androids are relatively cheap so they start to take people's jobs people in detroit are furious about it and people in detroit aren't very happy about androids so marcus is living in a bubble with this old artist and this old artist um tells marcus he's practically raising marcus who is eternally ageless but you know this old man is on the precipice of death and he begins to explain to marcus that you know i'm sorry um he begins to explain to marcus that humans and androids can never really coexist for as long as humans continue to see androids as objects and androids continue to never speak up and this elderly artist has a drug addicted son who is spoiled and you know um kind of snotty and one day as marcus and the elderly man uh come home they see that the son is stealing paintings from his father to sell for lots of money and uh marcus is um arrested for the death of one of the two i will not spoil which two though i will spoil many parts of this game so i um i honestly suggest that if you haven't played detroit become human and you don't plan on playing it to continue listening because i will uh, mention a couple of spoilers um in case it's unclear, Detroit Become Human is actually a 
choose your own adventure kind of game because you actually do get to make your own choices you get to choose dialogue options you get to choose actual action based actions that sounds really ridiculous saying it out loud but you get to walk around you get to make your own choices you get to interact with who you want to you get to choose how you investigate a certain scene in the story you get to choose how your android acts or doesn't act and it's incredibly intricate and there are i don't even know how many endings but that is that so um once marcus is framed for the death of one of the two men uh he gets this idea in his head that androids are always going to be seen as objects unless they speak up so you as marcus are allowed to start a revolution or a rebellion and so you basically get to go on this path of self-discovery as an android choosing to be either a pacifist revolutionary or a chaotic violent rebellion and third but not and marcus uh, before i get to the third marcus is one of the more actiony um stories but it's also um i would say one of the least fleshed out the other two have every story kind of set in stone oh boy i'm sorry this ripple's not really working um <laughs> or rather it's doing its job it's just kind of late and it's been a long day so marcus's story is kind of i would say the most subject to change where you know the tiniest little mistake could have you spiraling out of control now the third but definitely not least is the story of connor connor is a prototype android um you are playing as a new kind of detective android who is investigating into all these series of deviances in androids and throughout the game you as connor are teamed up with a drunken um you know one of those cops who's like lost his idealism but still believes in true justice kind of deal you're teamed up with him to solve the case of deviancy in androids and the giant corporation um cyber life that has created these androids is like pressuring connor the android to solve the case but is also not really um focusing on connor's uh relationship with the hardened detective and connor as an android has the choice to either um focus on blossoming into a relationship with the detective not in a gay way but more of like a friendship kind of broship or focusing 100% on the case upsetting the balance between Connor and the detective because the more you prove yourself as a superior android the more the hardened detective hates you 
the hardened detective is set in his old ways in humans solving cases about humans and then of course if you're not smart enough or if you take too long you actually start to lose the game basically in the way that connor the android doesn't solve the case now i mentioned before that this is a three kind of story type deal but they all meet up towards the end it's kind of like watching an episode of ah what's that show oh my god it was just on the tip of my tongue oh boy oh my god i just lost it it's that show where um oh stranger things it's like watching an episode it's like watching a season of stranger things there's three different groups you have like the kids the adults and the teenagers and they're all doing their own different things and they're all learning separate pieces of the puzzle until towards the end where they all meet up and all the puzzle pieces come together and they are finishing the puzzle together that's kind of like what playing detroit become human is except it's also a choose your own adventure thing so you are actively making the choices that you have to complete the game with so you play as kara solving her own puzzle piece of love and mothership you know you have this child that you have to take care of you have to find a way to keep it safe in a world where b-tape marcus marcus is starting a revolution or a rebellion based on how you want to play the game do you want to play a pacifist do you want to play it cool or you want to play it kind of fun you know you want to play it violent um so kara has to do like a survival type thing while if you play as a dickhead as marcus it gets hard but if you play it kind of cool as kara it's kind of easier because people are more sympathetic and then while you're doing that you also play as connor connor is trying to stop deviancy but both marcus and Kara are deviants so do you want connor to catch the deviants do you want him to complete his case or do you want him to develop a relationship with the hardened detective do you want him do you want connor as an android to himself become deviant do you want the deviant catcher to become deviant and throughout that whole game you have all these other side plots you have all these other like the story building throughout the game is so incredible every time you play as a different character there's a magazine in one of the little scenes and each magazine brings up background like it builds the story and it also does like current events so you learn how each choice that you are making affects not only the character that you play as when you make that choice but characters that you're not even playing as when you're making that choice so if you make a choice as marcus to do a peaceful revolution but you're playing as kara in the next one and you have to smuggle yourself out and if people like the peaceful revolution then they'll it'll make it so much easier for you to do a thing as an escape as an escaping deviant whereas if marcus the deviant is leading a robot riot 
with destruction and mayhem and chaos, then the second people realize that you are a deviant, people just go insane. They want to hurt you. They want to kill you. They want to deactivate you. And Connor, he's like the centerpiece on the on the squiggly side, you know? He's trying to catch Kara. He's trying to stop Marcus. He's also trying to figure out this hard-boiled detective. He's trying to think, why does this detective so set in his old ways? Are robots really, are androids really this bad? Do I catch the deviants or do I become one in order to save my relationship with this detective? And I could go on and on just talking about how the game works, but I just want to talk to you about some of the cool things that you do in this game. As Connor, you're playing as a police detective android. You're playing as this prototype android. So you can take like DNA samples in real time. You can reconstruct um, crime scenes using uh, data and evidence. So like, you could see a broken table and like a dead body on top of it. And you can, you know, you can reconstruct in the android's mind kind of like uh, a video of the guy landing on the table breaking it and falling and dying or you can see a stab multiple stab wounds on a person's dead body a knife fingerprints or no fingerprints indicating that it was an android that stabbed that person as marcus you're playing as you know this deviant who had up to this point been in the safety bubble but is now like like having his eyes forced open to how terrible androids are being treated across the world and so what are you gonna do are you just gonna stand there and watch it are you gonna try and actively talk to humans to see if you can change this or are you just gonna make some noise are you gonna bang some pods and get some people to listen to you and it's so cool because you can you can go on supply runs to help androids and you can send messages there's this one thing where you do as Marcus, where you are going to free androids, but you can choose either to free the androids and leave a peaceful message by leaving graffiti, or you can do uh, like a violent message by overturning cars and throwing Molotov bottles. And it's kind of cool because you can see like how radically different it is. And then, I mean, Kara. Kara is just the least interesting, but again, it's the most emotional because you're going through this journey. You're going through this journey where you, as the android, who are not, you're not used to uh, being emotional. So when you see this child who, you know, children are generally overly emotional and you're becoming, you're learning how to take care of things like that. And it gets very interesting as you go through the journey of all three of these characters who are eventually going to meet up at the end and how will it end will you catch all the deviants and end the rebellion and Kara just never makes it anywhere or will you make it so that Connor himself becomes a deviant and joins Marcus and actually manages a successful revolution and Kara gets to escape with uh, the child it's up to you and every choice matters I swear to god I know a lot of games like that talk about stuff like that like have you ever played life is strange those choices kind of matter but not really or other like choose your own adventure kind of things but this one literally if you take too long on a mission it'll just end the damn thing it'll be like you're taking too long this is it you're done
and it's super cool and i truly mean that i highly recommend it um, i've been talking for quite a while so instead of um forcing my throat to continue to do this i'll try to wrap this up um again i'm sorry i had planned for a longer episode and um it's kind of my fault for not checking the microphone situation but i want to thank you all for being extremely patient for me as i take another week to upload another episode hopefully the next episode for this podcast comes out sooner than a week but if it doesn't i hope you are all patient i hope that you are all enjoying the few episodes that are already out um thank you all for listening i hope you have a safe week good night